Welcome to Middle School Matters Podcast number 537. It's one button. We've got some jokes for your classroom. We've got some resources for your classroom. But we're going to talk about that. That one button that makes all the difference. So without further ado, here's the wonderful, the magnanimous, the Mr. Troy Patterson. All right, welcome back to the show. I am Troy Patterson. And with me is the world's greatest co-show host, Mr. Sean McGurr. Hey, Sean. Well, hello there. How are you this week? You had a I'm doing all right. I'm week. exhausted, but I'm, yeah. it's a good week. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, um, did you hear about the, the guy you got hit by a milk truck? A guy got hit by a milk truck. I, I mean, what are, really what are the odds? Like 2%? Perhaps, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, a cop pulled me over for speeding in my RV. Really? Yeah, he asked me where I lived. I said, right here. There you go. Um, um, you know, my favorite waltz, waltz band is called the 75%. Your favorite waltz band is called... The 75%. Yeah. Why is your favorite waltz band called the 75%? They always play in 3-4 time. Oh, oh, there you go. Okay. Uh, yeah. Hey, what person, what part of a person dies last? The last. Um, I don't know. What person, what part of a person dies Because I know the you last? are wondering this. I know you are wondering. I am. Huh. I was thinking well, about this just the other day. Yeah. The the pupils, they dilate. They dilate. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. 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 Uh -huh. That's true. Um, uh, I have a friend who got a new dog, and he named it Liberace. Really? Because mm -hmm, the, the dog drinks a lot of water. Oh. Yep. That's right. Yeah. He's a... Uh, Pianist. Pianist. Oh, there you go. Okay. There you go. Uh, here's your thought for the day. If a wild male pig kills you, does that mean you've been bored to death? Um, <laughs> yes. Yes, it does. Maybe. Does it? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um... What does one tree that has been cut down say to the other trees? Um, I don't know. What does one tree that's been cut down say to other trees? I'm stumped. Ah. Uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I might leaf that one right there. <laughs> there you go. All right, and you know we always like music around uh, around here, so please welcome our next band, the Subtractions. Yeah. Take it away. Yeah. There you Take go. There you uh, go. I just really hope there's no division between them. No. Hey, yeah, one um, wonders. <laughs> hey, we've also got a visual joke for you. Um, if you want to know the, one of the top 12 states to live in both you and yeah. i live in a top 12 state by the way we do 
Um, there is a visual joke over at middleschoolmatters.com. So, hey, while you're over there, there is also um, a link to uh, the K-12 Science Podcast as well. And um, this one, this is, this includes the, this is, that's done by the wonderful Dave Bidlowski. Um, oh, yeah. Who we all know and love. And this week, he has, uh, he has a nice little section on uncovering students' ideas about using designs from nature. And I just, I love the connection here. So without further ado, here's the wonderful Mr. Dave Bidlowski and the Middle School Science Minute. Hi, this is Dave Bidlowski of K12Science.net, and this is your K12 Science Podcast. I was recently reading the January-February 2022 issue of Science and Children, a publication of the National Science Teaching Association. And I read an article written by Paige Keeley entitled, Uncovering Students' Ideas About Using Designs from Nature. And it was in her section entitled, Formative Assessment Probes, Promoting Learning Through Assessment. And she wrote that, Scientists seek to understand the natural world, while engineers solve problems in a human-designed world. While there are similarities and differences between the work of scientists and engineers, some students may think the natural world only applies to science. She then shared a probe, Engineering in Nature, which elicits students' ideas about how nature can provide inspiration and ideas for solving problems. It reveals whether students recognize that the human-designed world can include designs from the natural world. Let me share that probe with you. Students were given a probe which starts with Two beekeepers were talking about connections between engineering and nature. They each had a different idea. Maya said, I think engineers sometimes use designs from nature to brainstorm ways to solve human problems. Sunny said, I disagree. Engineering is about the human design world, not the natural world. So the question is, who do you agree with more, Maya or Sunny? and explain why you agree. Well, the best answer is Maya's. I think engineers sometimes use designs from nature to brainstorm ways to solve human problems. While Sunny is correct that engineering is about the human-designed world, creative ideas to solving problems can come from natural structures and processes. The beekeeper and honeycomb graphic which was used in the probe shows how nature solves problems and that can also be applied to human problems. For example, the honeycomb six-sided compartment built by bees is a strong and efficient way of storing honey. Engineers use the honeycomb structure to design light and strong building materials. This probe is based on a study conducted with university engineering students. The study found that students were initially reluctant to use natural structures to help them develop solutions. When they did use natural structures, they tended to imitate the structures quite literally rather than using them as inspiration for a source of design ideas. However, 
When given a short briefing on how to use natural structures as inspirations when thinking about solutions to problems, they were more successful at arriving at creative ideas. The probe can be used to find out whether students recognize the role that designs in nature can play in solving problems. However, it is best used to activate students thinking about how creative ideas about solving problems can come from natural structures and processes and whether their initial ideas mirror the findings from the university study. This probe, like several others in her book Uncovering Student Ideas in Engineering and Technology, is less about uncovering students' misconceptions and more about using ideas they may already have about engineering to activate their thinking and provide opportunities for them to deepen their understanding of engineering designs. Asubal's timeless quote also rings true when using formative assessment probes to uncover students' ideas about engineering design. The quote is, the most important factor influencing learning is what the learner already knows and that the job of the teacher is to ascertain this and teach accordingly. And this has been your K-12 Science Podcast. I just love the work that he does and the whole connection, the way he looks at science is so, so neat. So, and we appreciate all the work that... Um, that he does with us as well. Oh, uh, let's see. This week, um, there's been a lot going on in the news and with uh, Russia invading um, the Ukraine. And I'm wondering if you, if you, and if you've addressed it with the kids, if the kids addressed it with you, and whether your school has addressed it or not. Uh, the, the school officially hasn't said or done anything. Hmm. Um, so I've approached it probably a little differently than some others have. And only cause I have a little bit of different technology in my room than others have. So <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> you laugh because you know, <laughs> I laugh because I know. <laughs> That's an understatement. A little different technology. <laughs> I had a, I had a, the, the special education, one of the special education teachers was walking down the hallway and she had a student with her and it's not a student I have. And all of a sudden they stopped in front of my room. It was on my prep, stopped in front of my room and I could hear her in the hallway say, you know, the student's name, what are you doing? And he was, I looked in the doorway and he was standing there and his jaw was on the floor and his eyes were giant like saucers. <laughs> and he says, I love your setup. And so you need to know that I've got five tablets sitting above two monitors and a, um, uh, uh, a, a, uh, Osbot camera, OBS bot camera. Um, and, um, the kids all think that it's, you know, for podcasting, they got the five tablets up there and whatnot. And it looks really cool. It's, it's, it's not entirely functional. It's, it's more of a, a Rube Goldberg type setup, but it, the kids don't know. And so they're like, Oh, wow. Right. Okay. So, um, one of the things that I did is I, I my plan before COVID was to incorporate, um, the Google, oculus 
into a bunch of geographic and historical setting stuff to make a rotation where the kids then could rotate through the goggles and they could actually go and visit the places that we were talking about in ancient Civ, archaeological sites, um, museums that have uh, these artifacts on display and also have a 360 environment where the kids can see it. And this is my goal, but I also don't trust the seventh graders any farther than I can throw them. <laughs> and, and so I bought a, um, a 30 inch monitor TV thing and I mounted it on a stand and I put it in the back of the room. It's got a little tray out front and that's where the headset was going to go connect. And so whatever the kids saw, I could see so that I can make sure that they weren't, you know, playing, uh, AR VR games. Um, instead of doing what I wanted them to do because mm -hmm. they'll do it, you know, any chance they get. And, um, so it was just my way of keeping them honest. And of course COVID happened and nobody's putting anything on their face that <laughs> anybody else has touched. That just ain't happening. Right. So I've got this, I've got this monitor that, or TV. Um, it's a little Samsung. No, I shouldn't say little, it's a 30 inch Samsung that I bought at the cheapest price possible that I could get. So it's not a great monitor. I will say this. It still has better graphics than the brand new Promethean board they put in my room. I was looking at it the other day. I was like, wow, cheap 30 inch Samsung and stinking expensive Promethean. And the Samsung looks better. So That's anyway, interesting. yeah. Um, so I couldn't use it for that. So instead what I did was I ran an ethernet cable from uh, from the box over to my little TV that sits behind my desk now. Mm -hmm. And uh, the kids can see it. And I use it. Sometimes I throw a timer on there. And I, cook, I connected it to a, a cheap Apple TV I picked up off of eBay. And then um, ran HDMI up to the thing. And so I've got an Apple TV now that runs off this monitor. And the cool thing about the Apple TV is that you can go and you can get news feed apps. You can get Sky News. You can get CBC. You can get France 24, which has an English channel. Uh, you can get CGTN, but it is so full of hooey that I'll use it for like some of the cultural stuff. You know, they'll go, mm -hmm. it's, it's Chinese New Year. And, and, you know, that stuff is good. But like their actual like news stuff, the kids are seventh graders. Seventh graders even look at that and go, "Oh no, Mister Girl, that ain't true." <laughs> it's like you're you're good, you got it, you know. Um, but I have it, and then I've got uh, what else do I have? There's a couple others on there. I can't remember Newsies on there, but I, we really use that a whole lot. Uh, I used to have some Twitter feed things on there for one mm -hmm. called News Ticker. Loved News Ticker until they changed the filter and. Of course, uh, nothing comes through for news ticker. Um, they used to be able to use it with YouTube, you know, throw YouTube up there and show some stuff. And YouTube is uh, now blocked. Um, so there's a, there's a few things they can't use anymore because they've the filters have blocked it and said, nope, you're not. No, we don't know why, but it doesn't work. And it's like, oh, you lie to me. You just blocked it. That's all. Um, uh, all right. So I don't know your IT department. But I am going to say that filtering is way harder than mm -hmm. um, than yes. is acknowledged than you would think. 
And as things change, it becomes even harder. Um, so, yep. in, in you know, by law, you know, we have to provide some filtering and and just morally, you know, you want to make sure that kids are safe and as safe as they can be. So, this may not be intentional. This may be just a byproduct of some changes because the web is constantly changing. Um, and oh. filtering is really hard. So Yes, filtering is hard, and it has to be done with a broad strokes in some cases. And so it's just a, like, for example, on my, my district-provided computer, none of this is blocked. I can access it because it's going through my account. Uh, right. On my personal device, it's also going through um, thanks to my VPN. And <laughs> if I could put a VPN in my Apple TV, then I could actually get this updated. I have a I have a stock ticker uh, called Bull, and it'll actually show the different changes in the market and how the market works. It's really awesome. And I could I used to leave it up there, and the kids would come in, and they'd watch the change. So like they come in between classes. And they'd watch how the stocks are moving and changing throughout the day as buying and selling is happening, right? Mm -hmm. And then they go run to their class. I mean, they were, these were kids who were coming in and checking, and and I, none of that. It updates once a day when I first turn it on in the morning, and that's it. Otherwise, the market stays the same all day long for them. Wow. And they're like, it doesn't help them understand how how people are constantly investing and moving their money around to get the the best uh, opportunities for their for their investments. So. Um, it's really been hard to to make a, a thing for that. I know there's other things I could do, but that means that I have to. So they bought us laptops, and I've discovered um, I pretty much discovered the limits of the laptop. Um, the, the 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 I have a, a Logic Logitech keyboard that sits on my lectern, so that I don't have to go over to the computer and type. I can just do it right from the lectern and shoot stuff on the on the board, and uh, I can tell when the uh, the uh, computer starting to bog down because all of a sudden the keys from the Logitech don't like all work and it's well, time to restart the computer. Yeah. And that, that also, I mean, that brings up uh, actually a couple of interesting points um, from my perspective, being on both sides of this, being on the technology and the education side. Um, mm -hmm. And that is, you know, like what kind of device are we providing? But also like how many, Bluetooth devices are in the room, how many Wi-Fi devices, because that's something that's changed. And oh, yeah. the amount of interference that you can get is huge. And people just don't realize, people don't even realize that the, you know, the phone in their pocket may be constantly broadcasting to the network and they may have that connected. And, you know, you might have 26 kids with phones that are also broadcasting and doing stuff and then you've got you know the apple tv is um on the wireless and bluetooth and uh, you know you've just got all these devices and uh, a lot of things were not architected for that and it's not oh, a fault of anybody it's just that the stuff changes so constantly and so rapidly and schools don't not normally have the funds nor the resources the human resources to persistently yep. update a lot of this stuff so yeah it no that's true difficult so the um where was i oh so uh i run a, a lot of tech in my room and so, so let's, let's, just a quick recap here so we've okay. got a computer 
A desktop uh, no. computer. We've got no. a laptop. We've got another laptop. Okay. We've got yeah. five tablets. We've got an Apple TV. We've got a yes, Prometheum no. board. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Slow down just a minute. So we have two <laughs> laptops. Two laptops. Five tablets. <laughs> two Apple TVs. One Promethean board with the Chrome box behind it to help run the the the, the Promethean board. Okay. By the okay. way, that Chrome box is is not good. I it even even tech has come along and said that if you could find the 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 almost worst Chrome box to put on the Promethean, that's what they put in there. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't proprietary, they just switched it out that fast. But um, and then let's see what else do I have running. I've got two light speed uh, speaker systems, IR infrared speaker systems. Okay. And I've got um, a wireless drop in my room that's provided by the district. And they just installed two Ethernet ports. I don't think they're active yet, uh, but two Ethernet ports in my room. Oh, let's see what else do I have. I'm starting to think of a Christmas song that needs to be updated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the TV, that Samsung TV mm-hmm. um, is also wireless. Oh, no, mm-hmm. it's wireless, but I've hardwired. It's also hardwired. I've got that hardwired in. And so I could access the net through the TV if I had to. What else is there? But here's, here's a question. Um, is the wireless turned off on the TV? Because that's one of the that's one of the things, right? We talk about you know you talk right. about elect electronic pollution kind of thing. I you know that's a good question. I don't remember that it's on that you know like TVs now are doing a lot of things because information is so valuable that TV manufacturers are collecting tons of information. So there's lots of in, back and forth going on with TVs. And people don't right. realize so, that, right? So correct. Yeah, we set this. Up, I set this up with one of the IT coaches, instructional tech coaches. Um, he and I put it together, and we got it set up. We were trying to get the whole uh, Oculus thing together, and um, in order for us to be able to make that work, both the TV and the headset had to be on the same wireless network. So the wireless network, I believe, is turned on, but it is on a different wireless network than... So we have three wireless networks in the building. You know, One is for one thing, one is for another thing, and one is for <laughs> stuff like this. <laughs> so I'm on the one that's for stuff like this so that they talk to each other. Um, so not everything is talking on the same network either. So yeah, I think the TV does. Yeah, in order to make the yeah, so the TV is set up. It's got the uh, Ethernet plugged in, but it's uh, it does have the wireless up and cooking. So yeah, and then I've got a phone in my pocket, and I know the kids have got you got a phone in their pockets, and I know they are on the network because I pull they pull them out, and so uh, we had uh, two or three kids get in school for putting the Discord. Uh, this Discord um, plug-in on their Chromebooks, and that's a no-no, apparently. So they, they got a couple days of school. 
Uh, apparently, no. Also, I'm told there's a way around it. The kids have found a way around it. Mm. And uh, I said something to one of the tech coaches. And they're like, yeah, we've heard about that. There's just no time to sit down and actually address it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I sympathize with those guys. They they work hard every single day. And they're spinning their wheels. As, and they're, they're, they're working as hard as they can. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it, it, you know, there's not enough time to actually get ahead on all the things that they have to do. We left things go for way too long in our district. We spent 20 some years ignoring the, the changes in technology and education. And when time came, we got dinged on it on a report, the NCA report four years ago. And uh, when we got dinged on it, they said, well, I guess we have to do something about it. And they went and they looked to see how far they were behind on things. And, and they were like, oh, oh, yeah, we should do something. And so we're, we're still playing catch up. And we just had our, our, our NCA review this, this past time. And um, I don't know if we got dinged on it or not. But, I mean, that's how long it's been. But we're still making changes and, and catching up, you know, from the, the review we got four years prior so. Well, and that's a constant prog- process. And, and I can also tell you that, you know, decisions that may have been made 20, 10, 15, 10, five years ago impact like what's going on now. And, you know, re- reconfiguring, restructuring a network is a huge issue, a, a large undertaking. Um, and it takes resources to do that. And it's always, it, and it's kind of like, um, schedules, right? You can solve any of the issues. You may not be able to solve all of the issues, right? Like, you right. know, it's, it's important to come up with, okay, what's most important to us? Um, cause for example, in the, in the, the example that you gave with, you know, the Apple TV, it, the Apple TV doesn't know, the network doesn't know who is in control of that Apple TV, right? So, right. like, network-wise, there's two. There's kind of two ways of doing this. Either you can filter everybody the same, which makes things somewhat easier um, network-wise. Um, and it means that you as an individual don't have to sign in because we don't care, right? It's... This is the experience. Um, so it's good for you and that you don't have to sign in, but then it's bad because then you can't treat adults and kids differently, right? Because everybody gets treated the same. If you're in this building, this is the experience that you're getting. And that can be frustrating because, you know, <laughs> teachers should theoretically have, you know, teachers, at least from my perspective, should have you know, a a wider swath of things that they can access. We don't need to block them from things that, that they could use. But, but again, if you do that, then now it means we got to, we got to know who you are. (laughs) And that means you got to sign in Uh, or there, there technically are some other ways of doing that, but it depends on, you know, what's going on. It's, it's just not easy. And then if you, if, if we do this by like device, and a kid forgets his device, so you say, here, use my laptop today. Now that kid is using, is you. So, you know, there's, it gets much more complex than people think. 
you know, until we get face recognition, <laughs> biometrics yeah, yeah. for who's doing what, then and we can say, all right, well, look, if we see Sean McGurr's face, then give him this experience. If we see it's a seventh grader, give him this experience. And then people are going to be all up in arms over um, the fact that we know, <laughs> we know, you know, what you're doing, where you're going, who you are. We have your biometrics and all that. So... Um, these are complex so, issues. When you were calculating, like how many devices, we did skip. We missed some. <laughs> of course, we did. I just we didn't. I just yet. remembered. <laughs> um, so at the front of the well, front at the on the far side of my room, I've got a case. They had a they had a computer rack, you know, where you could slide in. Uh, that's the drawers to slide in and out, and you open the main doors, and then you've got like ten or fifteen slots where you can put in. Uh, computer and it, you know, you wired in the back and just pop the thing in. And so I have eight or nine or 10. So I'll <laughs> try knows my, um, uh, try knows that I have a tablet weakness, right? <laughs> and then, and then he'll, uh, taunt me, uh, with it, uh, rightfully so. Um, and I did not fall for the temptation on Woot the other day, by the way, <laughs> but I know, I know you. You you tried. I um, was looking out for you. They they had yeah. iPad Pros <laughs> at a discounted price, and I thought Sean needs to see this, so I sent it off it's, to you. <laughs> I really like my iPad Pro, and it's the big one. It's the bat, mm -hmm. as uh, as Troy calls it. Um. So, but I will go on the same site, and I'll I'll dig around and see what they've got for uh, Chromebooks that are on the cheap. Mm -hmm. And if it's the right price, then I'll snag one and then I'll put it in my library of my rack of Chromebooks in the back because I got kids that'll come up and say, you know, my Chromebook's at dad's and I was at mom's last night. And cause you know, half the week I'm with dad, half the week I'm with mom. And, um, they'll just say it's at dad's and there's nothing I can do. And I'll say, all right, you go up front and you get one out of the case and uh, with a promise that you're going to plug it in when you're done. Okay, right, and that solved a ton of problems because I got a kid who can just go up, get the Chromebook out of the case, and then sit down, pop it open, log in, and it loads all the settings for the kid right. when they log into the Chromebook, yep. and they're good to go. And it makes it a nice, smooth, we've not disrupted the flow of the class, other kids aren't waiting around for help, um, kids just know, you go, there's a computer, you put it back, you're good. The moment you don't put it back, well, then you're not good. There's, there's, there are repercussions for that. And, um, but it's been, I got one kid who's lost his computer. He lost it like a month and a half ago. And the replacement, they told him the replacement is $66, which I'm thinking that's cheaper than I can buy the ones I put the case up front. Um, but he says he just doesn't have it. He's, he's probably not going to have it. And then knowing this kid's work ethic, he's not going to go work for it either. But, um, so he goes up and he, he knows. He comes up every day and says, Mr. Gert, can I? I said, yep, go up to the case. And he's been really good about taking the computer uh, and plugging it in when he's done at the end of the hour. And he knows. He just goes up and he's, he's, he's actually worked his way through all the computers and decided which one he likes now because <laughs> they're all different brands and flavors and colors that's and right. whatnot. Right. And he's kind of figured out which one he likes and that's, what he's, that's the one he's going to he's going to use. So I know when I see it. It's also the one that I slapped a bunch of stickers on, right, to make it like gaudy and... Mm -hmm. I got all sticker happy with some stuff 
And that's the one he wants. It's the one that I slapped all those stickers on. And it's like, okay, well, you know, you're learning. So um, we've got nine, maybe 10, I forgot, I lost count, of those devices. So, um, yeah, you know. And it's funny because the kids will say, oh, I want that one instead of this one. You look at them and be like, you understand. Yours is like a second or third gen Chromebook. This is a first gen Chromebook. Yeah, but it looks cool. I said, that may be true, but it's not going to work as well as that one. I don't care. Well, that's true. You don't care, but <laughs> you don't want this one. So, so yeah, there's a lot of that. So I, I, I run, so back to the original question. So I, uh, there are some wonderful apps on the Apple TV mm -hmm. and um, so I'll take France 24 and I'll put France 24 on the TV behind my desk and it's not facing directly the class. It's, it's, it's on the window wall facing towards the door. So the kids have to kind of intentionally, you know, look at it. It's not something that's there being a huge distraction. It's kind of oblique, but if they wanted to monitor what's going on, they can look, look over and they can monitor what's going on. And so it's been kind of a, uh, calmer in, in a lot of ways because, you know, they don't have to wonder what's going on. They just look over and they can see what's going on. And we've already had conversations about, you know, the implications and uh, what's going on and how this affects, you know, this, that, or the other thing. And they've had some really good questions. We've actually had some really good discussions about uh, civics and how constitutional republics work and um, how authoritarian systems work and so now they're processing all of that and they're visualizing and they're starting to develop opinions, which is great because I'm also getting into Julius Caesar right now, right? And Julius Caesar is that, that linchpin of the transition between the Roman Republic and the beginnings of the Roman Empire and the Imperial Rome. And so this is going to be a great, horrible, but great connector to say, all right, what you're seeing happening in real life, right? How did Russia get to where they are right now? And what was the predecessor, you know, the precursor to all of this? And how do we, you know, what, is that, what does that mean for us? Yeah, and I really wondered because for some kids, this could be very traumatic as well, especially um, kids who may have immigrated to the country and have gone through some yep. similar upheavals in, in their world. And so you, it's really important to know to, to read the room kind of thing and that for some kids this could be very traumatic um, and on the flip side you know kids need to know what's going on in the world at some level and um, need to understand that because they're the ones who are gonna <laughs> this is gonna be their world so they've got to understand where why it's in the shape that it is in that it's in and you know, potentially what they can do. And I think there's a lot of connections, especially social study, you know, a lot of social studies connections, but it, it is something that you have to be cognizant of what's going on as well. A lot of my students are Yemeni refugees, right? And so they've suffered through a lot of, a lot of stuff. And so when they look at it, they're also putting in context of that. And it's been a great way for them to translate what they're seeing and the experience of what's going on and their experiences to uh, my non Yemeni refugee kids. 
and they're saying, well, you, so when you see that, the, you know, this is what's going on and they're having conversations and it's turned out, so I, I'll, I'll, I'll take this into something I'm doing right now with my, with my students. We're, we're doing, uh, Julius Caesar. They just started, uh, Julius Caesar, the hero, he's, you know, the rise of Julius Caesar, um, you know, the types of things that he did that people thought were heroic. And so they're doing a a simple T-chart on a piece of paper, and I'm having them write down the things that made Julius Caesar a a hero. Uh, Because we're going to do, later on, in the next chapter is going to be Julius Caesar and, uh, you know, the the rise of the imperial state. And that's going to be the the villain part of the T-chart. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to have them, I'm going to put them into a, a, a Moodle forum, and I'm going to have them have a discussion. Julius Caesar, hero or villain, mm-hmm. take a position, take a position, defend it with evidence, you know, from the, from the T-chart that you got together. You can only take one side. Uh, I know you want to take both, but just take one because the state assessment says just take one side. <laughs> and, uh, and I said, take one side. And then I want you to argue back and forth. I want you to argue, make your point. I said, and by arguing, I don't, arguing is not, you know, insulting the other person. It's not, I'll talk about lots, some logical fallacies, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll say, you can't use those. And I said, but, you know, I want you to have a discussion about it. And you have to post once and reply to three other people. And you know what? You can take the other side when it comes to you. So let's say there's another person who's, you know, disagrees with you and says, well, no, he's a hero. You know, and you said, you know, he's a villain. And I said, well, get on there and, and make your points. Use the evidence from the T-chart and the, the readings I put in there and the audiobooks you've been listening to and take all the information and, and construct an argument and say, look, here's why I think that, you know, here's why I disagree with you. Then I'm going to put some sentence starters in there to help them start in a very kind way um, and model an example for them. But, I, you know, then, then we're going to start. You know, I'm going to see what happens, but I, I, I've done it in the past. It's going to generate a really, really good discussion. And that, of course, is going to go into my portfolio assessment for the end of the year. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Cool. All right. Um, not only that, but the other big event this week is there's some <gasps> new H5P yeah. tools, resources. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I love H5P stuff. Yeah, H5P has really good, some really good activities in that. Um, very robust, yep. cl- cross-platform, usable in a wide variety, by the, on their own or embedded within Moodle or other places as well. So, Yep, and, and one of the Achilles heels that has been a bane to my uh, uh, existence using uh, H5P, that the one thing, this thing that sticks in my craw, that they always, always said, yeah, you can use H5P, but got rid of that this week. Found the spot. Found the spot inside Moodle mm-hmm. where if you click the button, it's one simple button. <laughs> one one button. tick box. All you do is click that little tick, tick box and H5P will save as you go. And so if a student is filling out a, so, so for example, oh, 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 there is a project, there is a project report form. All right. So you can set up this thing where you can say, you know, tell me about your experience doing this project. So like when, you know, how at the end of a, uh, a presentation or something that kids have put together and you want them to self-evaluate their, 
their presentation. How well did you work together? Who did what? You know, all this other stuff that you would normally do and have them then tell you about. You can actually set this now up in a H5P uh, report and the kids fill out the stuff that you want and it saves it as it goes because one of the things it does in this report is there's a pre-project section, project section, and a post. But if you can't save as you go, you know, you do the pre, and when you go to do during the project, the pre is gone. And it's like, well, why am I doing it in here when all I could do is do it on a piece right. of paper and turn it in and be, you know, I don't understand. So this changes all of that because now kids can start doing things like, all right, so here's our planning. Here's what we did, and he, here's how we evaluate what we did, the post at the end. And then they can, it puts it all into a Word document, and they can either print it off, or they can share it to you in a Google Doc, or, you know, they, there's all kinds of things they can do with this, all right? Mm -hmm. Huge, huge game changer for H5P. A lot of you probably knew about this and, and didn't tell me, and that's okay. I, I don't hold that against all of you out there who didn't send me an email that you, you knew about it. I just found it, I just found it the other day. Otherwise, if you look at the forums, you look at a lot of the discussion, it says, nope, sorry, can't do that. That hasn't been developed yet. And the answer to that is, oh, oh, but it has. But so, it has. Yeah, I'm going to take, take my screenshot, put it in the, in the H5P forums and go, guys, <laughs> update. This it's is here. right here. <laughs> yeah, like arrows, you know. The other thing is, and I don't know if you want to talk about this next part, but there's. All right, all right. sure. I'm this, sure. This is fun. I mean, this is this is this is exciting stuff. The H5P. There are there are four new H5P libraries, but only three of them are free. The fourth one you have to pay, so I'm going to ignore it because um, I don't have the money for. Right. And I'd want to host it on another site. I want to host it inside Moodle. So, right. so there's three new ones. All right. And I, I, I won't talk necessarily talk about all three. I want to talk about one that I'm, I'm, I'm particularly excited about. There's one that uh, you can set it up so that, uh, like, you remember the old hamburger style of essay writing, you know, the bun with right. the yep. the contents. Yep. Okay. So you can essentially do that now inside H5P where you can say, this is the intro. This is your first point. This is your second point. This is your third point. This is your conclusion. Right. Okay. Right. All right. So there's that. That's one of the new modules, something structure it's called. Uh, there's another one. AR scavenger hunt is now ready to go. So I, I want to play with this some more. So AR scavenger hunt, you can set it up so that, uh, you know how you do gallery walks around the room, yes. right? And you have to either post a QR code or you have to post a paper or you have to, you have to go around and post things around the room. Right. All right. So imagine for a minute. Now I don't, I've not, tried this but this is my understanding okay this is, i've yet to experiment with this but imagine you've got specific objects around your room that you want to use as triggers for your gallery information right walk okay. information yes so the kid goes with their device and when they so they scan the room and when they find the object boom the information pops up so you don't have to go around post things anymore you just have set objects around your room sounds pretty and then, neat then you could have the kids do their gallery walk around with their phones and have the information pop up there. And then they can work inside whatever, you know, a paper or whatever else. Um, but you don't have to constantly be running around the room, taking down, putting up, you know, to change objects. You could just, you know, just keep using your standard set objects and rotate the, uh, the content on each one for each thing that you do, each, each one that you build. 
and uh, you could start doing some more gallery walks. You could use this for an introduction to us. We're moving it to a new building. And one of the things that we should be doing is we should be um, building this uh, virtual 360 walkthroughs for our kids so they know where stuff is and then where to find stuff when they're going over because we're going to have to orient 6th, 7th, and 8th grades next year. Mm-hmm. Theoretically next year. We don't know if it's going to actually make the move, but <laughs> you get the idea. Right. Um, but this would be a great way to have the kids and then have it up all the time, right? So kid, oh, where is that in the building? And they, or where am I in the building? And they can whip out their phones, look for the, the the object in that area of the building they're in. Something that's a permanent fixture, and they say, "All right, you are here, and this is the this is the stuff that's around you." And they go, "Oh, okay, all right." And then they can navigate to where they need to go. So, I mean, I'm seeing a lot of opportunities here for AR scavenger hunt. Plus, you know, field trips. Right? You you go ahead of uh, the the class and, and pre set up things for field trips. Uh, to different places and the kids then are actually getting specific content that you want them to have in connection to the content that's already there. And, and, and then they can work and build, you you know, you can add in your own stuff. There's just all kinds of possibilities for this. Yes. There's a little bit of work on the front end, but it's going to pay off. I think on the back end. Yeah. That sounds interesting to me. And I also wonder if you could set it up so that the kids do some, so that the kids do like like a gallery walk. So the kids do work, and then you attach that work to different mile posts, right? And I'm thinking like even within a school, you have like bulletin boards. And what if you had that certain object is going to be um, Sean's project from this month? Next week, it's going to be Troy's project from that month kind of thing is that something that would work well what if i think i think the qr code thing too would be a, would be a thing there but yes what you could do is you could have a, a bulletin board i'm thinking about like sixth grade hall and a sixth grade hall they put up the pictures of each of the kids right mm-hmm. in the hall they do this whole thing of you know yeah this is who we are welcome to sixth grade that sort of thing but the kids could then create content where they you scan over their picture you get their bio. They do an autobiography every year. Yeah, exactly. You could actually get their, yeah. 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 Or, you know, you could do some things like the nameplate for the teacher's room, right? You scan that and you get a short bio of the teacher and, and what they teach. And I mean, there's a number of things you could do with this. Um, I think it's a wonderful uh, tool with a lot of possibilities far beyond my own. And I have a small imagination. There's like so many more things that I think folks could think of to use with this. So one of the other plugins or libraries, I should say that uh, H5P came up with is Cornell notes. I shouldn't say came up with they actually incorporated. And I'm really excited about this because it's going to change the way I do some of the media um, inserts into my learning management system. In this case, mine is Moodle. So, uh, here's how it's, here's essentially how it works. And in Cornell notes, you've got your single paper, right? Your, your page normally would be mm-hmm. a piece of paper and across the top, you've got the title, the date, the, um, the chapter or topic or whatever it is that, uh, you're, you're trying to take notes on. It could be a lecture. Um, and then you've got the narrow section down a narrow box down the left-hand side, like where the three or the uh, three ring holes are. You could, and then in that section, you leave that blank because you don't deal with that first. And then you've got the main body. It's the big section of the paper. And in that big section, then you were to write the notes of 
whatever it is you're listening to, watching the lecture notes and, you know, stuff like that. And then after you're done with the lecture notes in the middle, then you go to the left-hand side where that narrow box is on the left. And then you write in the main idea for each section and any questions that you might have about that section. Okay. Or, you know, things you need to ask later or, you know, stuff like that. So Cornell, Cornell notes has been around for a long time. Well, uh, H5P has uh, put together Otaki is the developer here. Uh, put together uh, a Cornell Notes uh, library for H5P, and I'm excited about it because when you when you open it up and you pick that library, it pulls up a page, and it's got your Cornell Notes framed on the right hand side with that top part part for a title, the narrow section for questions and big ideas, and then the main section for notes, and that's on the the right hand side of the screen. But the left hand side of the screen, you can put in text audio or video and so as the kids are watching the video they can take their notes right on the screen mm -hmm. which is why i was really excited about finding that h5p tick box that says it saves as it goes right yeah because now they can save it and they can look at their notes later to use for something else so they can watch a video they can listen to a podcast or an audio piece or an audio book or you can just straight up put in text and they can read the text and take notes on their own. Hmm. So I'm excited about it. I, I'm, I'm interested in trying that on using it. I think this could be cool. Yeah, I'm going to have to take a look at that because that is something that um, um, I think is very, very powerful. And I, I just saw something the other day where there was a, um, a kid was saying that... Um, why didn't somebody show me how to use Cornell notes earlier? This is, this is how I think. <laughs> and I was like, Oh yeah. So giving kids structure is, is um, important. And that is something that can be very helpful for them. So if they can do that right within the, and the, the, a set environment within the LMS, that's awesome. So, all right, so AR and Cornell Notes, and you said there was a third one, too. Yeah, the third one, um, and I've not played with this much. I've looked at it. Basically, it helps you design and set up a an essay or a paragraph system of writing. Um, it's a structure, paragraph structure, I think it's called. Um, and you can go in and say, all right, this section's your intro. And you know how you can type in, like, a prompt or like uh, what this section, section section is about in H5P and it shows up as a gray background. Then when the student clicks on it and starts typing, it goes away. Right. Well, you can do that for each section and say, this is what I'm looking for here. This is what I'm looking for here. So you can use it to support both your regular language learners, your English language learners, and your special ed students by saying, remember, this is what I'm looking for here in this section. And right. you can provide them the supports right into the document that they're typing. And then, of course, they can push that out to you. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, okay, so I guess I have some I have some work to do. <laughs> <laughs> I got some learning to do as well. So, um, and while I'm doing that learning, one of the places I might learn from is the Twitterverse. <sighs> Typical edgy celebrity at edgy at edgy celebrity. He's got some learning stuff for you, okay? Teachers, I know many of you 
got into your school while it was still dark outside. But but don't fret. The same beautiful night sky will be there to greet you when you get home. <laughs> That's what I miss about this time of year. So I'm actually now going to school when there's daylight and that we're going to hit the uh, daylight savings time or whatever it's called, whichever one it is uh, here. Um, I think next weekend. Is that right? Oh, I don't know. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, I think it's next weekend. So we're going to lose an hour of sleep this next weekend. And uh, I'm going to go back to school driving in the dark again. It gets, it gets, there's a, there's almost an hour shift, like for sunlight between, even though we're in the same time zone, right? Yeah, it's about 45 minutes difference. Yeah. um, It's close to an hour. It's like different. So, yeah. The sun comes up earlier for me than it does for you. (laughs) <laughs> it does. You're right. Yep. But it goes down, it goes down too. <laughs> later later for me. So it is kind of fun to to watch the the news on the East Coast, right? You know, live from Washington DC. And you look at the TV and it's dark and I look out my window and it's it's still <laughs> light outside and I'm going, hey, well about forty five minutes from now that's what I'm gonna have. <laughs> Just a thing, but yeah, so yeah, there you go. Uh typical celebrity is right. Uh, Melissa D at Dean of Math, and she posted this. And this is a picture, and it says she's highlighting a section of a of a of a book. It says, "Lowered expectations for students are not going to help them recover learning." And um, I think she's right. Um, I was looking at. So I've had a couple of kids come to me and say, "Mr. McGurr, you give us so much work," and I'm thinking. This is no different than what I did in years past. And when I was a kid, I got a ton more work than this. And I'm thinking, no, no, it's not. And finally, they showed me their their um, their Student Connect gradebook things, right? And I'm looking at it, and I said, wait a minute. That was your progress report? Yeah, that's my progress report. See? And I'm looking, I said, so your progress report is based on two assignments. Uh-huh. Told you you give us too much work. So you had two assignments in five weeks. Uh-huh. You're hard. Yeah, I guess I am. Yeah, okay. I'll take that one. That's on me. Yeah. yeah. And so, we had snow, and I had to walk uphill both ways. That's right. That's right. Ten miles. Yeah. 90% grade, too. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, I think that's true. I think we do our kids a disservice if we do that. But that's that's just me. Social Media Lab at SMLabT. I don't know if that's an O or a zero. I thought this was good. Fake viral footage is spreading alongside real horror in Ukraine. Here are five ways to spot it. It's a great article on how to spot and notify thing, notice things. And even some of the kids had brought up some of these examples to me and said, have you seen that? Have you seen that? And I, um, I'm going to use this next week, I think, in advisory and, and, and say, hey, so when we see stuff, there's some things we need to do to do some checks to find out if we can really trust it and kind of give it a percentage of trust as to do we really, do we not on stuff. And I'm going to use this as my uh, my my resource to, to share with them. So Howard Rangold has some stuff too. And um, Axis, the culture translator, has some stuff this week that we'll talk about later in the show. Don't forget hashtag MSChat every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And as Troy says, the Twitter never stops. 
It doesn't. And one of the other things that never stops is our squirrel moments. And I normally try to keep those out of the podcast as much as I can. And yet, <laughs> um, so Google, Do <laughs> Google Docs now has a pageless feature. And I don't know if you've played around with this or not. Um, Wait, a pageless feature? Yeah. So, All right. like Google Docs, like how frequently do you print Google Docs? Like I almost never, never, never print Google Docs. They're always That's going true. to a screen, right? Yeah. And like our 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 show notes that we actually do do show, show notes. <laughs> we don't always follow them, but we spend a good bit of time in the morning going through show notes and. We collect, I collect things throughout the week and all that good stuff. And anyway, this right now the our show notes are formatted as a page, but we're not going to print these. These are going to go to the website, middleschoolmatters.com, um, <clears throat> where they're going to be looked at uh, on a screen. On you know, mm -hmm. the screen might be a yeah. it might be a, uh, 16 by 9 screen it might be a uh, you know might be vertical might be horizontal might be it could be an ipad could be a phone could be anything i'm not going to print these we've never printed these um and now there is a pageless feature in google docs and i was gonna switch it and then i thought no not in the middle of a show. Wait till it's done. <laughs> well, but it wouldn't be un unprecedented or unanticipated no. because something else that we do is we do competitive typing. <laughs> Frequently. It's not unusual for me to be working on the, the Twitterverse section and it's gone. <laughs> Parts are... well, now, in my defense, they're not gone. They're just no, no, it's three pages fixed. down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he's added something in another section, and you're like, oh, okay, well. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> where's Waldo? Oh, there it is. Here we go. It's, it's all in good fun. Uh, you know, don't, don't, don't. We, yeah. We, we joke about it all the time. It's fun, so, actually, because. Uh, yeah, so I didn't change the pageless, but next week's show will be pageless. <laughs> so. I don't know if um, I can handle that change. Uh, you yeah, know. Um, and I have discovered Margins. that um, frequently, and I've used this, I don't know if I've used this on the show, but um, Future Me is very happy. With, no, I did. We talked about this uh, last week or a couple <laughs> weeks ago, uh, how Future Me is really happy with past me when I do certain <laughs> things. So, and that includes writing <laughs> up like what I did. So, um, I've been doing that. So, anyway... Um, Larry Ferlazzo, um, the wonderful Larry Ferlazzo, um, has posted uh, a, a nice little bit about jigsaw puzzles. And I thought this was about not jigsaw puzzles, about jigsaws. Um, and he's got a embedded Google slideshow. And you can also download the PowerPoint. And it's on learning to love the jigsaw instructional strategy. Um, and he talks about the difference between applying it cooperatively and applying it collaboratively. Um, so if you are in the jigsaw activity is one that is very, very pow powerful. Um, so if you are interested in it, 
if you're just interested in reminding yourself about it or learning more about it um, and learning about how to use it collaboratively versus um, cooperatively, then um, there's some good, there's some really good stuff over here. There's 16 slides uh, and Larry Ferlazzo is a teacher in California, works with EL students mm -hmm. and posts tons of stuff and great information. I don't know how he does it, but wow, he posts a lot of stuff and good stuff there as well. Um, I want to throw in a fun activity this week as well. And we've talked about name pickers before, but there's, if you're looking for a name picker, there's um, the Ninja name picker. Um, easy to use, copy, paste a bunch of names in there, and it picks names. So thought I would share that with you as well. Uh, you made reference to the to a culture translator, and you have uh, you have a couple of things to talk about this week. Yeah, the culture translator had se several good things, lots of good things this week, and uh, so I thought I'd uh, reference them in the show. Um, uh, and, and by all means, uh, they they post a a weekly newsletter for parents and teachers uh, about what's happening with youth and teens and culture and. Um, there's some really, really good stuff. So uh, I, this is, you know, picking just a little bit of all the stuff that they produce. Uh, number one is Big Sis Talk, right? So, big Sis Talk. Uh, big Sis Talk. TikTok and Instagram uh, personalities like Tinks, and there's a link in the show notes, uh, are giving advice on dating, fashion, and new a new type of lifestyle sensibility. Um, then the, the, the warning for parents is that here you are having uh, people almost or very similar in age to the uh, to, to teens uh, giving uh, life advice, uh, long-term life advice without the, the reference of time and wisdom um, in on it. And so, uh, you know, tell the kids they're fun to look at, but maybe not life advice from, you know, these folks, you know, be, be, be selective where you pick up your life advice. Uh, fake breaking news which we were talking about earlier in the show. Some content creators on social media are claiming to offer an inside look at what war looks like in Ukraine right now. A lot of these posts are fake. As a matter of fact, what they're doing is they're posting these things and then soliciting money from teens that think they're supporting the Ukraines in uh, their defense of their country, but it's just going to line the pockets of people defrauding folks who really want to help. Uh, people who are who are needing a lot of humanitarian aid right now. Slang of the week. Troy okay. would never do this. No. no love bombing. Yeah, love bombing. It's therapy speak for when an abusive romantic partner or loved one deluges you with gifts, praise, and affirmation as a form of manipulation. This term has made its way to mental health. TikTok where it's uh, being applied to a variety of uh, situations, uh, posting things like, I thought he was really into me because he went all out for Valentine's Day, but he's been ghosting me ever since. Total love bomber. So if you hear the word, uh, now you know what it's uh, what's referencing. Um, speaking of herd, you might uh, look at it like a, it would be a hurdle to get over. That's right. I know you are not uh, big on Wordle, 
So we had to talk about geography options like World Dole. Did you ever use that by chance? I played with it just a little bit. I really like it. I I told the sixth grade teachers about it, and they are all over it. So I'm interested to see how where they go with it here in the uh, in the future. Like feedback as to what you know what they're seeing or feeling with it. So, well, there is also Hurdle. Which is kind really of like Wordle, but for music. So <gasps> remember, you remember name that tune. The yeah, I do. Was, uh, I can name that tune and four notes. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So this is kind of like Wordle, but for music, you get a little bit of a little uh, bit of a song, and you get to uh, try to identify it. It's just uh, it's just kind of fun, and it might be um, fun for the kids as well. Um, pirate math equation quest. All right, just by the name, <laughs> pirate math. <laughs> I'm like, I'm in. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> so this is it. This is. I thought I came across this this week. This is something that looks very very interesting. And I came across this from Rhode Island, by the way. Um, hmm. uh, there's some neat people in Rhode Island that I know that I met through the motorboat. Um, and so Rhode Island does some nice things with MTSS. Um, and this is one of the things they were using. So, uh, shout out to Rhode Island, um, bridge program. Um, and the pirate math equation quest is got a bunch of resources. It, it is completely free. It's open source. It is, um, designed to develop, to provide tier two and tier three supports. Um, and some of it, you're gonna have to decide if it's right for middle school kids and, um, you know, it, but it, it works on three schemas, um, total difference and change. Uh, so this might be useful for m- m- much more for remedial kind of things. Uh, obviously, with tier two and tier three um, support, that's the way that it goes. Um, and it actually comes from Texas, um, but they have individual and small group things. They have a bunch of teacher um, teacher material, um, so that if you go in there, you get the teacher material, the student materials, and supplemental materials. They also have a variety of videos, and the videos are pretty far and wide. They include beha- behavior management strategies, as well as uh, introductions to the different schemas in that. Um, so if you're looking for some support for total difference and change, you might want to check out Pirate Math. Um, and again, this is completely free and open source. So you don't have to worry about uh, paying for it. Um, and again, I know uh, a lot of it is targeted toward elementary students, but it may be something that you can use or maybe you adapt for what you're doing. Um, Timeout.com has a post called The Best Podcast for Kids of All Ages. So I thought I'd share this because it has some some neat 
resources that you can share with kids. But I also thought that it's neat to put together, um, and maybe you want to have the kids put together a list of podcasts that they like, or have kids put together a list of podcasts for another grade. You know, like if you want to have them be the mentor, say, you know, are there podcasts that third graders would like and have the kids listen to podcasts that um, as well. But if you're just looking for some podcasts, there are 23 of them, um, including Five Minutes with Dad, um, where the shows are not five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, so, you know, this, so there's some cute ones here as well. Uh, so I thought I'd share that with you as well. Uh, you have a bit about the national anthem. Yes, I did not realize this, but this past week was National Anthem Day. And there's a really cool video of the uh, United States Army Field Band doing a wonderful rendition of the national anthem, celebrating National Anthem Day um, be, you know, a great little resource to, uh, shoot in, uh, shoot up on the screen for advisory and just kind of talk about, it, um, how it came and, um, what the words really are and, you know, just have a little discussion about it. So there you go. Okay. It's, like I said, it's a cool rendition of it. Okay. Um, if you are looking, if you're dealing with trauma and you're looking for a conference um the international convening of trauma and learning has a free virtual um event and they've done some really good work so you might want to check this out i don't i think that they're time shifting this as well um Ooh. i don't remember if you can get a link to um to watch it later but probably um, but this is free, completely free to attend, and they've done some really good work, so you might want to check that out. Um, and that is in the show notes over at middleschoolmatters.com, where you can get links to that, to the National Anthem, to everything that we've talked about, and um, even a little bit more. Um and we would appreciate it if you'd head over there and check the links out. We really would appreciate it if you head over to your podcatcher and give us a five-star rating and tell us why Sean is the world's greatest <gasps> co-show host. Um, that just helps keep us going. Um, we are the world's longest-running podcast focused on middle school. Uh, so, you know, as far as we know, anyway, there's, yeah. There's that. There's that. <laughs> Well, with that, this has been Middle School Matters for middle school educators who care.